<sighs> well, hi, Maureen. Here we are. It it occurred to me when uh, we were setting up this recording. I was like, oh man, it has been. I think we haven't released an episode in like a month, and then it's been two weeks to the day since we recorded and released. That is a long two weeks. Uh, yeah. Yep. Here we are. Uh, God, I think we need to be. Uh, I think we need to be more upbeat, Dan. We've got to. We've got to take it up right now. We've got to. Do you have some uh, happy music right about here? Could we get some uh, something happy? Under, uh, yeah. Just yeah, I can get. I, yeah, uh, let's bring that up. Okay. So, um, welcome to. Uh, Welcome to Says Who, the podcast that's not a podcast. It's a coping strategy. No, you can't be so downbeat, Dan. We got to go Sorry. up. It's a, co- it's a coping strategy. Yeah, there we go. That's the one. I'm, I'm Dan Sinker. I'm Maureen Johnson. And it is, uh, well, here we are just going we're in just entering the second second week is it yeah no yes second yes. week the second week <laughs> how is that possible how is that possible we are just entering the second week oh my the, god of the trump presidency if you've been like oh the second month second year second week. decade but no, here we are, and uh, you know I was—we're uh, gonna talk about a lot of things, Dan. But I think today we really—I feel like a lot of people are certainly going to know what's going on. Uh, if they're listening to this, they're probably aware of yeah. events. I mean, this one's really gonna—I think we really need to talk about coping today and the impact that all this has. Which is why I want to ask you if you've ever seen the. The movie Spectre. The James... The James the, Bond movie. The puffy James Bond? It's uh, it's Daniel Craig. Is he puffy? Yeah, he's kind of like compared to... Pre- I always think of him as puffy. I have oh. never seen the puffy James Bond, except that... that's Is that the most recent one? That's the most recent one. I think that I have seen the entirety of that movie between airplane seats as the person in front of me watches it well i'll tell you a little bit about specter as i remember it and it's best to just sort of talk about movies as you remember them not look up any details but it's um the premise of specter as i remember it is that there is a very very scary evil agency out there and people in this evil agency this is like literally like a, a league of evil and you get a ring that says you're evil, and you go to oh, evil meetings, perfect. yeah, where there's an evil leader who you sort of don't see for a while. Uh, and at the meetings, you if you want to like take control of a seat, you sort of fight to the death, and then your body is just dropped to the floor, and then someone calmly takes your seat and continues the evil meeting. And it's headed by uh, a character played by Christoph Waltz, who I will watch in anything. Uh, I love him. I love him double since he went off on a wonderful tirade against Trump in very calm German on television, which I enjoyed. But 
he plays this character who is it's he's the quintessential Bond villain in that he's just doing evil and it's uh all very personal to uh to James Bond and he's in the end he captures James Bond and takes him to his like literally like evil camp. He's just got this just giant evil kind of kind of like evil Google office park sort of a thing and he puts <laughs> James Bond in the chair and it's like an evil chair and it's just going to torture him he's like and it's just designed to kill him with pain slowly and you find out it's all because James Bond's or d- this guy's dad l- raised James Bond and didn't love this guy but loved James Bond and so James Bond stole his father's love or something and therefore he delivers the line it's me James I'm the author of All Your Pain. And uh, it doesn't make any sense, but that's sort of how I feel about Trump, is that anything that has gone fucked wrong for you in the last, whether or not you feel like your head's going to explode, like your health is falling, like your body aches, like you can't concentrate, like you got the weird switch, you can't digest. Uh, Just appliances don't work. Um your television turns on spontaneously as mine just did when I was like must not turn on the news and then the television just came on by itself I'm not even joking the remotes were in front of me I know it's like a signal from another window or something but I was like god damn it um it's it's Trump he's like it's me I'm the author of all your pain Spectre doesn't make a lot of sense. I wouldn't recommend it. Um, There's someone right now holding a DVD and like a bag of Fritos and it's just like, this was the only thing I was holding on to was watching this movie tonight. Oh no, you're right. Sorry, person. I just have all, I just want to take two and a half hours out of the world and I, I saved it. It's the last James Bond movie. I saved it for like a special occasion that I really, really needed it. But right before I turn it on, I'll just listen to Says Who because that, that'll be that'll be fine. And um, uh, they're like, oh, I even oh. bought a two liter of root beer. Uh, sorry, person. Oh man, I should have thought good, about that. The good news is the rest of the episode is gonna really pick up your spirits, though. Yeah, we're we um, we're really uh, you guys. We're here for you, says Whovians. We're going to just lift you up. You're going to be all cheerful and and downright giggly. That's how, that's the way we roll, Maureen. Yep. So, so it's super, I, I mean, this is a weird time, period. This is insanity every moment. But what's weird for me is I think, I've talked about this on, on, I don't think, I know that we talked about this on previous episodes, that I had booked a work trip for the week uh, immediately after the inaugurations to Los Angeles. And uh, this was booked before, you know, back in the halcyon days of early November. Um, And uh, at the time, my wife was like, hey, you're not going to Los Angeles in the middle of January without bringing us. And so then it was like, well, if we're all coming, let's go a few days early and go to Disneyland. Um, And uh, so then then everything went wrong. And we were like, oh, we're going to be at Disneyland over the inauguration. 
And I was like, you know what? Maybe, maybe that's where we should be, right? Like, that is all right. So, like, I silenced, essentially silenced my phone. I muted some friends that I knew would would be kind of live blogging the inauguration, things like that. And it was really actually quite wonderful. And then I went straight from Disneyland to this super, super intense work week where it was like nine hour days in a room, throwing post-ups on the wall and all of that. And then, so like I was starting to get the news at that point, but only like at 9 p.m. Um, and then I got on a plane with my family, flew back to Chicago. Uh, a friend of ours picked my family up at the airport, and I immediately got on a train and went to uh, this conference that happens every year in Chicago called Ord Camp. Um, and that this thing is like it goes to like three or four in the morning every both Friday and Saturday night. And so it really. I've only been in the Trump like fully realizing that I'm living in Trump's America for three days. It's fucking weird, Maureen. Hi. Like I have been playing catch up with the rest of the world. Well, uh, first, let me be the first to welcome you back. Thank you. Please have a seat. Um, I was here for it. I I was not at Disneyland. Didn't have a Dole Whip. I was just at home. And, um, I, the day of the inauguration. I'll I'll interrupt real fast. I had five Dole Whips morning. Oh, my God. Five of them. I can't begrudge you, but it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. They were amazing. I was at the opposite. It was the opposite of Disneyland. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. It was pissing down with shit cold rain. Oh. It was miserable. Uh, I turned. I didn't watch it. Obviously, um, I kind of blacked it all out. And that day, and I prepped for the next day, which was a good day because I had a bunch of people meeting here to go to the Women's March in New York, and that was great. Yeah. Um, I have lived in New York for twenty years, and I've never seen anything like it on the streets of New York. It was. I was in one of the first group. I was in I was in group one to march, and we all met on Dagmarschall Plaza, which is this just sort of plaza between two streets. And it took us. There were so many people on that plaza and and had gathered that it took us two and a half hours to move around the corner, like wow. from where we were standing. About I'm talking forty or fifty feet. Uh, there was this that many people trying to get through because that many people had gathered around on First Avenue and Second Avenue to kind of join the march. And um, the streets were just absolutely packed. And it wasn't even that. It was like people would lean out of their apartment buildings with homemade signs and sheets. People got up on the roofs of their buildings and were cheering. And we, as we passed, like, coffee shops and restaurants, people that were sitting there eating were, like, slapping signs up against the window as people went past. And it was yeah. just this solid wall of people that went down to 42nd Street and then we turned and then it was going up 42nd Street, and then it was going to go up 5th Avenue. It was supposed to go all the way to Trump Tower, and then Trump or somebody was like, you can't go all the way up. You have to stop at 55th. And it took that journey. Uh, 
Uh, we got midway down 42nd Street, which is from where we started, maybe a half a mile. That took four hours. Wow. And yeah, four hours. And by that point, I was having some trouble. I have some physical limitations, so I was like, and it was cold, so I was like, can we just stop and get a coffee? And it was great, because you could just, we did just, t- we took a moment, we sat down, we ate something, we t- got a coffee, yeah. we warmed back up, and then we got up and we continued, and, and I attempted like to continue. like the sea of people continuing unabated, you can just take oh, yeah. a breather it, and it was join like nothing, back in. Absolutely nothing had changed, like it was the same sea of people going by, and some people had come into where we stopped, you know, and were just getting yeah. something to eat or a cup of coffee and going back out. And um, the best thing I saw all day was there was there were the cops were great, I have to say, in, in general, like where there was they were there was no I never I didn't all the interactions I saw were positive. Yeah, and I yeah. passed these cops uh, near Grand Central. In Grand Central, there's a big overhang, and like that was entirely filled with people. So the street was filled with people. The overhang was filled with people. It was just like dripping with people. And we were walking by some police officers, and this cop was like, hey, how's it going? And then he's like, hey, look. And he reached into his coat, and he whipped out a pussy hat, his pink pussy nice. hat, and he waved it, That's and he smiled. Awesome. And we were like, can you put it on? He's like, no, no, I can't put it on in uniform. But then he put it back in his coat. But it, it had that kind of vibe, like... I, New York has wants nothing to do with Trump, and everybody showed up. So that is amazing. It was and intense. It wasn't, it wasn't just New York. I mean, that again, like, you know, I, I, I followed the news late at night uh, a little bit, and catching up on Saturday after the after the women's march was amazing. Just right? every, you know, just yeah. Like, Every town, big and small, towns that had like 300 people would have 60 marches or, you know, and all over the world. And just like that definitely was a boost. Yeah, everything broke because everybody spilled out. Yeah. And then he went and apparently he was walking around steaming, steaming, steam puffing out of his ears. And then he just... um, and then the week started. Yeah. You remember then, that week. I do. I mean, again, I was working like crazy that week, so I was only catching it at night, which meant which meant I was catching I was catching the news after the like constant cycles of outrage and, you know, depression and outrage and depression. Like there is something nice about like only checking Twitter at 9 p.m. West Coast mm. time. You know, like, all the shit's done. You can kind of pick up the pieces and figure out what happened. But it also meant, like, every eight-hour window that I would be gone, it felt like I was missing eight days. Yeah, it was sort of, we're in the upside down right now a little yeah, bit. If, we if are. If you've seen Stranger Things. Um... I have. In fact... In Stranger Things, uh, do you, you know you 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 are familiar? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. The, you've got the those kids, the three kids that are looking for their pal, mm-hmm. and near the climax. Again, sorry everyone. The, uh, this week on says who Dan and Maureen ruin all of your escapist watching. Um, the, the three kids get 
uh, into an argument about going to find uh, Mikey or whatever his name was. And there's that one kid who I think his name is Lucas. And they do this like they're having the fight and he's like, well, I'm finding him anyway. And then they do the montage of him like getting ready. And like one of it is him like putting this camo headband around his head and then like grabbing a flashlight and jumping on his bike. I feel like that kid. Like I, I came back and I just like you look at the news and it's like like camo headband on. It's funny because I. I posted last night that my mood was like, I'm relating strongly to Eleven, who is the little girl at that scene, especially where she goes into the supermarket and she starts grabbing all those uh, Eggo waffles. And uh, then she just, people are trying to stop her and she's like, fuck no. And just, just (laughs) slams out of the supermarket and the doors like smash behind her. And she's just walking out with her arms full of, arms full of waffles. I'm like, that's how I feel. Uh, It's, yeah, we're definitely, it's, here's the thing I I made that we should probably talk about the most, which is what this does to people, this hourly assault. Because it's like we're in a haunted Uh, murder mansion and you can't stop or close your eyes because every creak might be the murderer coming like it just feels like <laughs> if, if you turn around it will get you it's, and it, yeah it's just con- it's it is unrelenting in a way that nothing has ever felt this unrelenting and yeah that feeling of like I can't look away right but uh, it, at the same time like Trump does not actually take away the things that you need to do in your life, right? Like, uh, you got to work and all of that. And, like, how are you dealing with that? You have to write a book. I've I've at least had, like, I've been away. I've been in meetings. Like, how are you dealing with that? Well, I'll tell you what, a couple things. Here, One, writing a book. And I'm sorry if you heard me drinking. It's because I'm in my closet. <laughs> and uh, I, I record in a closet. It's like it's hot in here. And um, one, writing is going terrible because my Ugh. attention is just incredibly fractured. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, if I, I wish I had a job right now that was like part of a job where I could just get up and be in a room with other people and have to do stuff. Like um, yeah. anything that, rec- you know, but the trouble is my job right now is sitting alone in front of a computer and that's when your head really spins out. And because it's the... It's also fried with information. It's hard to really say, and now I'm going to sit and imagine uh, this happy other place that I'm writing about. It's yeah. not, it's, so that's rough. But, and I feel really yeah. bad about it. And then you go into the guilt spiral of, I'm such a failure because I can't concentrate. And then you go into the guilt spiral of, I should be doing more. I can't look away. If you feel bad for looking away, and then you feel yeah. bad for when, when you can't do the stuff you're supposed to be doing because you're looking. And so it gets you in this trap of guilt and confusion that I is has to be kind of stepped on. Um, yeah. Don't feel bad for looking away for a, for a little while. I mean, I, I think that's... I I My grandfather, I you know, I don't want to be that person. It's like, let me tell you a story about what my grandfather told me. Because my grandfather really only gave me <laughs> one piece of advice. <laughs> he was a nice guy, but he only gave me one piece of advice. And uh, he was a Marine in World War One and World War Two, 
And he saw, I mean, he was in some terrible situations. He was first division Guadalcanal. He won the Silver Star. Like, he has been, he went through a lot. 40 years in the Marine Corps. And the only advice he ever gave about those kind of stressful situations was pace yourself. It doesn't matter. And that, in that case, applied to putting out ammunition fires and, like, just combat and terrible things. And he was like, you can only, you know, you have to pace yourself or you can't continue. And and this work, in a lot of ways, is going to be shift work that it'll be, will all be needed on deck at various points. And at points, R&R is sort of mandatory. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, that is, that is good grandfatherly advice. Uh, My friend Josh, his grandma also only had one piece of advice. Might not have been as useful, though. It was always, have you had a good poop? Mm. Um, But, you know. You got to remember that part too, but 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 pacing yourself. I mean, that's something we've said for a while now. I mean, we even were saying this, you know, during the run up to the election. Little did we know, but you know, it's it's a marathon, not a sprint. And uh, I actually had a, a a listener link me in uh, Instagram to a photo of her desk, and below her monitor, she actually has a post it note now written that just says marathon. And it's just such a nice, like you, you need markers. You know, we all need markers. We all need reminders of how to take a moment, right? How to pace ourselves, how to make sure that we don't flame out in this unrelenting pace that they're doing. I mean, make no mistake. It's intentional. Oh, and it is entirely intentional to, Burn us out. Burn us out. Yeah, absolutely. There is nothing. One of the things that has been annoying me uh, with coverage uh, lately, which I think generally coverage actually has been better than it was during the election. Like, where are we all then? But um, this idea of like, oh, the Trump campaign is making all of these missteps, right? Or they're stumbling on their way out of the block in their first week. And it's like, no, no, this is all very intentional. Maureen, I become one of those people with like the wall of pictures, yarn connecting it all. Like you've got the paranoia I, wall. I can see through it all, Maureen. I can see the yarn getting caught in your beard. And... Oh yeah, it, well it's connected to my beard. It's long enough. I walk upstairs, still stays. I stay connected to the wall at all times. I mean, I think that uh, certainly Steve Bannon knows how to play people. That motherfucker. Trump may. Trump is a dumb idiot. He is a useful idiot to Steve Bannon and and other yeah. cronies. You know, I think he I, might I, be able to read a room. I th- I don't know if that. I think sure. that possibly because I'm trying to think what is his skill set. <laughs> yeah, I think he's 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 he can he can read a room. He can agree with whoever is talking to him. You know, especially if that person is complimenting him. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think that's how it works, right? You've got Bannon like kind of oozing behind him and just being like, if you sign this piece of paper, everyone will think you are the most effective president that's ever lived. And he's like, okay, then I will. Do I just have to you sign know? this here? I just have yeah, to sign okay. in my weird, like, Donald he's Trump. Gonna... His, his signature, have you seen his signature? Yeah, it looks like a seismograph reading. Yeah, this is what a signature, if it was sound, it just goes, <laughs> right? Like, just... All right, give me the next paper. I bet he makes that sound while he does it, too. 
It just stops eating crayons long enough to... Yeah. to that's not a... Uh, and Steve Bannon is sort of our closest human equivalent to Jabba the Hutt. Ugh. I mean, that is... And we don't even have Carrie Fisher to strangle him with his own fucking chain. I believe that Carrie Fisher is formulating a plan in space. I hope so. I, I, I think that there are certain fictions that I'm holding on to, and that is one of them. Do, do you want to know? Do you want to know the fiction that I'm holding on to, Maureen? I do now. Okay. First, before I begin this story, let me establish my bona fides. I uh, spent 13 years publishing a punk magazine. Uh, I have uh, I have spent 25 years of my life going to street protests. I have a two-foot-long beard. I'm not exaggerating on that. I'm like 220 pounds. You're a big beard guy. I have been literally breaking down in tears over songs from the movie Frozen the last two weeks. Uh, that was not what I expected. I know. I know. So uh, I have an 11-year-old and I have a baby. and uh, That is just not what I expected to hear, Dan. I know. I'm trying to explain it. Um, Dan Sinker. Publisher of Punk Planet. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. Uh, uh, so I have an 11-year-old and a baby. And when the baby was a little, little baby, he's one now, uh, I realized a super effective way of trolling my tween was to buy the baby Frozen stuff. You know, baby doesn't care what the fuck it's getting. Um, but it totally would embarrass my son, so it was perfect, right? And somewhere along the way... <laughs> As often with these types of plans, it just sunk in, right? So cut cut to us at Disneyland last week. Uh, all of us are sitting at the Frozen Live at the Hyperion show, um, which, which I was the main driver on, Maureen. Both my wife and son were like, uh, we could ride the Cars ride again. And I'm like, no, let's go see Frozen Live. It's going to be amazing. Um, so first things, one, it was amazing. Holy shit. It was unbelievable. Um, like in all sorts of ways, but two, before I even get into that, uh, I had my baby on my lap and he, uh, there was like a half an hour of waiting for the show to actually start. And they had this big projection, like huge room size projection of like a fucking mountain foresty castle thing. And he would just point at it and then look at us and put his hands out in an expression of just like, do you see that shit? And then like go back and point at it again. But anyway, as we were waiting, I that was the moment and it was on inauguration day that I actually did check the news. And I think that it, he had already put out an executive order around the the um, Affordable Care Act. And I got really, like, just, like, fucked up. And then the show started. <laughs> this is such a fucking embarrassing story. It was amazing, Maureen. Like, it really, really was. Like, not only was it just really great, uh, but, like, they cast it in a way that, like, 
Anna was African-American and it did not matter at all. Like she was fucking incredible, right? Like they just, they cast the best people for the, for the parts, which was really uplifting at that moment. But also just the songs were great. And then Maureen during the fucking let it go song, I literally just burst into tears. (laughs) Uh, I'm so embarrassed for myself right now. This is a beautiful story. I know. And then hey, last Dan? night, Dan? yeah, yes. Do you want to build a snowman? That song is really, really sad. We'll ride our bikes it's around the halls. That song. So that song, we were making dinner. I was making tuna melts last night, and uh, we had just sort of a shuffle thing going, and uh, that song came on, and I also started crying. There's so much to do. It's this really sad song. It's about the death of their parents and. Uh, Anyway, that's that's me. That's me, Maureen. That's what I have come to here in Trump's America. Brought to tears by Frozen. How many how many films and television shows have we spoiled in the last half hour? Uh, that's three. What else? Darth Vader's Luke's father. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Twin Peaks, uh her dad did it. Uh See what yeah. else can we do? <laughs> let's ruin everything. Let's yeah, let's just ruin everything for you. Um They get the ring back to Mordor. Uh I don't think I know any other I know some other stories. I <laughs> This is quite the mental image you've put in my head. You got you're surrounded oh, by sorry. in my head, you're at Disney World, you've got Mickey ears on, you're surrounded by Dole Whips. I mean, you've yeah. just got them everywhere, just all bearded, just sobbing away, watching the Frozen. Yeah, it's, it's not inaccurate, other than I I don't know that I could have brought a Dole Whip into the theater. But if I could, oh, man, that would have been perfect. Yeah, I'm going back. Been... I'm going back. God damn it. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I don't play video games, uh, but I live with someone who is in the video game industry who's constantly showing me Video games, what do you think about this one? I'm like, eh, you know, I never, it never takes. But then, I'll tell you what, Dan, my brain sought to be numbed. And he said, just look at this. And he shows me this thing called Stardew Valley. Oh, wow. Yeah, sure. Do you know what Stardew Valley is? Uh, I've never played it, but it is sort of a, a, a retro, like, it looks like a, a game from the 90s, but you're like a farmer or something. I'll tell you something. You are... You get a farm, you've inherited a farm, and it's so beautiful and happy. And you make, and you go to the store, and it's all about like community values. Like they tempt you with the big market, but you kind of sell your soul if you go to the market. And it's much better if you go to the local store to buy your your magical seeds. And if you're good to the people in the community, good things happen to you. And if you uh, wow. just kind of spontaneously help fix up the community center or the community projects like good things happen to you and um people come to your door and help you out and um i have found my video game and i'll tell you uh, for maybe two hours on election day i was like i've got to i fuck you everybody i've got to farm these imaginary pumpkins (laughs) where are my pumpkins it's fall in Stardew Valley. I need to sell my pumpkins. Um, and that's fine. I, I, I don't feel 
take what you need. I mean, again, we, we say it every week, but you really got to take what you need. Take some time for yourself. We're commanding you. Yeah. I feel like the doctor is like going, you must, you got to relax. Because um, it's hard. It's hard to look away. I've installed so many blockers on my, you know, I've got freedom. That I've got a program that blocks off the internet on my computer and sometimes on my phone and, you know, and somehow it still seeps in. Like I just said, yeah. my television spontaneously turned on. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, it's, I, a, it's I, a weird time. I had a friend this morning that, that just tweeted out. He's like, I just uninstalled Twitter from my phone. It's cheaper than Ambien. And man, it's it, like I have definitely found like consuming in smaller amounts like the fire hose is really hard to drink from right now. You know, like just holy shit, there's a lot of outrage. But it also like I think like that's what like I'm um, going back to my crazy wall now. That's what they want, Maureen. <laughs> you can see now it they, right here. The crazy wall I can picture much more clearly than the you at Frozen, although they are now coming into slightly equal focus. Exactly. It's just Anna and Elsa in one corner of the crazy wall. <laughs> All the blue yarn leads to them. Um, but, uh, uh, like, that, they want you to check out. That's, that's, that's the goal here, is to just be overwhelmed and to be exhausted and to, and to not want to see it. And, like, so, so one thing's interesting. So my wife, Janice, um, is not a super avid, avid Twitter poster, right? And so, you know how with... Twitter, you can turn on notifications if to get notified when somebody tweets, which seems like a feature that it's like, wow, you must really hate your life if you turn mm. this on on someone. But if it's someone like I, I love when she tweets and I want to know, you know, what she says, and it'll get lost in my in my stream otherwise. So I have notifications on. And uh, this weekend, when I was at this conference on Saturday, I looked at my phone at one point, and it was just like, like. 4,000 retweets from Janice. And I'm like, what is, wait, something's, it was like the total bat signal moment, right? Of just like, <laughs> like something's wrong here. And that was when, um, you know, people were mobilizing against the, against the, the immigration ban. Um, and, and it was, it was actually like, I was in this conference. It's, you know, it's, it's an amazing, amazing conference. It's, it's tech people and people from the arts and writers and uh, people that work in nonprofits and, and in, in social justice and just like all kinds of people that get together for a weekend to just kind of like talk about how they work and learn how you work and uh, talk about their passions. And, and it is, it's fairly exclusive it's like 300 people, but it's invite only. I will um, go, Dan. I will. I know. I know. I've been trying to get you to go. Our friend Amber goes. She went again this year. It was great to see her. Um, but you will be there eventually. Uh, but anyway, it, it all morning I kept having my phone just being like with Janice retweeting. And I was like, this feels weird that we're here, you know, and yet there are people like – in the streets and all that. And so finally I was, I was finally at this one session that was about activism and it was, I felt a little bit too polite. And finally I was just like, you know what? I'm going to O'Hare. If anyone wants to come, like we can get there in probably about 30 minutes from where we are and we can just go and be with people. And, um, and uh, like, like 
it's good to disengage, but man, it also like there's so many ways to engage now too, you know, that aren't just futile, you know, that aren't just looking and being mad. And like, and yeah, we went and it was incredible. There were pro- the Chicago O'Hare protest on that day was not as big as JFK um, for certain. And I think the Seattle airport got huge, huge as well. LAX. Chicago was probably about a thousand people, but it was just like every person, you know, like I've been going to 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 activist stuff uh, since the first Gulf War when I was in high school. And you get used to seeing the same sorts of folks at these types of things. And Man, it was families and old people and young people and every kind of person was out. And it was it was really just energized. Like it was super energizing at a time that was as dark as could be. Like it was incredibly energizing and and came back and actually stayed at the conference until five in the morning and then uh, slept a bunch on Sunday, but felt a lot more prepared for at least the last two days got me two days i bought two days out of that since we seem to be in deep storytelling mode um when i so i went to uh i went to writing school and theater school at the same time and i was writing my thesis which was a book nonfiction book and i decided to write about people who live their life their lifestyle is an alternative time reality so like they live a renaissance lifestyle or things like that and there are people that kind of do that as their life. And this was, let's see, I was probably right working on this project in, say, 1999. So there was no, like, internet kind of Twitter thing to connect with. It was really hard to find people to talk to. But I, I somehow kept kind of tapping things, and I found the woman who created the Renaissance Fair. Oh, and, wow. And That was one in- person? was one person and cool. she was not at all what you'd expect and nor was the history of this and this is all relevant really is uh the history goes back to 1963 was founded by one woman named phyllis uh she lives in cal she lived she just recently died like a couple months ago and she was a teacher and it was very she wanted to create a kind of summer program for her students and they were originally going to have it be a medieval fair and they teamed up to kind of help get it started with Pacifica Radio and Pacific and part of the board of Pacifica was like medieval times was were not good there was be- poor civil rights it's not very uplifting and she's like fine I'll make it a renaissance fair and everyone's like fine uh-huh. and it was supposed to be a very it was originally not what you see now which is kind of plastic go- you know it's, it's fun but there's plastic goblets it's kind of has a kitschy and it wasn't yeah. like that oh yeah the early incarnations were very carefully done it was all supposed to be living history uh as authentic as possible and created by the people who wanted to do it and she said she created this little cart and had some kids playing and it was very simple in the beginning and so many people showed up and she said before long within three or four years she had something like five thousand people to organize with no computers and she didn't drive, never drove. So when I when I originally got her on the phone, she just said, oh, if you want to really know what happened, just fly out to California and come stay in my house and I'll tell you. Wow. And I just got on a plane well, and I flew. Yes, I will. Yeah. And then <laughs> I just flew out and I stayed, at, I stayed in her house for a week. And she's like, oh, and you'll drive me around. And I was like, sure. That's just how she gets stuff done. And 
didn't know her, just went and stayed with a stranger for a week. And I, and I recorded her like eight hours a day and got the whole story. And it's fascinating. And it was so, in the beginning, so organic and so carefully done. And she had brilliant ideas of how to organize people themselves. For example, she realized that there was no backstage area. Like these, you know, everybody was making their crafts or doing stuff and it was very authentic, but they needed a place to rest and eat. And so she developed the idea that the backstage would be on stage. So she created kind of areas where you would rest and relax in character and eat car- and eat food in character. And that wow. uh, that's how it sort of expanded. And then people people organized into guilds and the guilds all ran themselves. And she describes going on Pacifica Radio to try to get materials. And she said, you know, when you really get something that's created by people for people for kind of good purpose and everyone's heart is in it, you find that things start to happen very quickly and easily and in spooky ways. And she said, we would go on and I would say things like, you know, we happen, we need some paint, like in a certain color. And she would get a call saying, oh, I happen to have 50 gallons of spare something, something paint, or I happen to have a spare tractor or like whatever it was they needed. It, she's like, it just, she called it the silver track. And she's like, things just have a way of moving and kind of just shooting along. Yeah. When when the people are engaged, when the when the you know when kind of hearts and minds are engaged, she said, it, again, this woman, no computer, just post-it notes everywhere, didn't drive, didn't know how to didn't know how to set up fairs, and suddenly had fairs with twenty, thirty thousand people going, and you know, it. She just made it happen, and it just. That's I've always thought about Phyllis's silver track. I love that, I and love... I feel like we're a little bit on the silver track. And for example, I and it's I'm just trying to act quickly. I have very little time right now. My brain is all soupy. But somebody said on Twitter, "Why isn't there a resistance guide for teen resistance guide for teens?" And I'm like, "Good question," because I write YA. That is a I'm good like, question. Like, let's let's do it, and we just decided to do it. And within five minutes, we basically said we are doing it. And within about 30 minutes, we had a, oh, maybe an hour, we had a, a an editor and a publisher that was like, okay, let's do this. And just an hour ago, we were setting up some of the stuff for it. So it's happening. Um, that is awesome. We have some great writers that, I mean, people just have shown up. I will say this, and I'm going to silver track this, like this is my Pacifica radio. I am looking for, I need, I'm looking, we have a lot of YA writers and a lot of people in a lot of different interesting things but I'm particularly I would love to get some science people especially uh, like Neil deGrasse Tyson or Bill Nye so if anybody knows them could you let me know we have we do have some amazing people in this but I I don't have a lot of science connections seriously if you know them um, don't like bother them on Twitter or something but like if you have a connection do let me know yeah Um, because we're all working together and use whatever you know I'll use says who to get stuff for the team you know I'm that's all interconnected Oh yeah, Silver I mean, track, I, man. I think that that's that's been one of the more heartening parts of this incredibly dark time is watching just how fast people are mobilizing, right? So, I mean, we talked earlier about just how quickly Trump and his goons are moving. You know, they're specifically pr- using all of. I'm going back to my crazy board. They're Maureen. <laughs> they're, they're, they're specifically using these... And you're pointing right now, aren't you? Yes, like, just... I, I, like they are specifically using um, the, these, the, 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 the 
presidential executive orders so that they can move as quickly as possible. They, they're uh, it, it, like it's one of the things that is really remarkable to me. This is a president who can whose party also controls the House and the Senate, and he is doing everything in his power to circumvent the House and the Senate. Right, and that's t- so that they can move fast and 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 hit no opposition. And as disheartening as that is, there's the kind of equal and opposite reaction of the speed that people are beginning to mobilize here. And so projects like that are coming together fast. Or like for me, absolutely one of the most incredible moments of hope was last week when suddenly the National Parks Rangers began mm. to just rise up in mass, right? And like, I, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show. I've certainly talked to you about this before. Me and my family are crazy road trippers. Like we spent seven weeks on the road last summer, uh, drove 8,000 miles in seven weeks. Um, and so we go to a lot of national parks. And I have to say of all of them, uh, the Badlands National Park is my absolute number one favorite. I've probably been there five, six times. If you have not gone, make a, make a trip to South Dakota sometime and go because it is remarkable. And there was this little moment where my heart finally just like grew a little bit when it was the Badlands National Park that was the first park to start just tweeting out climate change science and and facts about, you know, the the destruction that it's that it's causing to to the national park system and and to the world and then to watch all of these other accounts begin to follow suit to the point now i actually just re-upped my subscriptions to all the various alt uh (laughs) national services uh twitter accounts now and there are like a hundred plus of them um it's been amazing to watch and it's been incredible to watch all of those little moments of creative resistance and, and stuff like that come together and, and of, of solidarity, like that cop pulling a a pussy hat out of his, of his pocket here in Chicago, um, the international terminal where, uh, where refugees are being, um, and, and, and folks with green cards and all of this stuff are being held, um, is a terminal unto itself and it's kind of a shitty welcome to america because it's the worst terminal at all of o'hare um especially in terms of food there's just like a a a mcdonald's so you walk out into you know if you get through customs and you walk out and you're greeted by sort of the stench of the that kind of meaty onion smell of a mcdonald's um and the McDonald's has actually given up their seating space for the lawyers uh, that are now running permanent 24-hour shifts at O'Hare uh, to help folks as as they need it. And, you know, just those little moments of solidarity, those little moments of creative resistance, we're only like 11 days in, and you've, they're, they're multiple examples of them. And that's, to me, that's that's hope right there. You know, that's hope that we're not only going to make it through this, but we're going to have, we're going to make this fucker's life hell. Oh, and that we're going to, that something has woken up that's very good. Yeah. And it's big. Yeah. 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 No. Uh, My kid is a theater kid and uh, there's, you know, various parents, most of them moms, uh, email to arrange carpools to get to the senior center where the youth theater stuff happens. And the, the email list, the, the carpool email list last night lit up with direct action links. It was just like, Whoa, 
we're somewhere new right now. You know, we're in a different place when the parents getting their kids to theater are suddenly sharing links on, you know, this is where this action is happening and this is how to support this thing. And um, yeah, something has awoken. So the kind of we've we've had another rambling episode because the times are rambling. They are. The times this we will we we keep saying it, but uh, you know what? It'll happen when it happens. <laughs> right now you got to do what you got to do. You got to pace yourself, you got to forgive yourself, uh take care of yourself. I'm always going to tell you to eat soup. I'm always going to tell you to eat soup. Soup is good have, for you. Have a good poop. I there's there's that as well. <laughs> uh <laughs> Sorry, that just broke your flow. I'm sorry. It's, no, no, no. I, I'm gonna put that on my my board of just you know, here's here's everything that you guys need to do. Soup. It's just all pictures has rhyme, of has, all has to have a oop rhyme. <laughs> uh, I, uh, the message, says Huvians, is if we could tell you one thing, is that it's not just you. Oh my God! No, it's it not sure just. Isn't. I went. You know what? I went to the doctor today, partially because the stress of this all. I have a exacer exacerbated. I I cannot speak. That word is real hard. It exacerbated. Uh, it made it worse, and I had to go into the doctor to have some should get checked over, get blood work done, get my meds checked over and I didn't even really have to explain it. I was like, just because recently and she's like, uh-huh, since November. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I was like, yeah, and I thought I was going to have to give like a long, weird explanation yeah. of like, what? Well, and she's like, no, no, I get it. Just what's happened. Wow. And I listed the stuff. She's like, yep, okay. Uh, so I feel like every, I, I the health providers, if you're listening, I bet you already have seen like <laughs> definitely people coming in and just Trump, just Trump. Uh, okay, no problem. Yeah. I, get, I get it. Uh, so it's not just you. And do watch out for yourself uh, and each other. Yep. And we and you can listen to us. We're your little friends in your ears. We I are, like to think I, that you're you're walking along and we're just, hey, what's going on? I had a weird thing at, at OrdCamp, this conference I went to, Maureen, where I met people, like physical human bodies, that listened to Says Who. And it was really, it was weird because we... Listening, listening meat sacks? Yes, actual Ooh. actual physical meat sacks that listen uh, would come up and be like, oh, hey, I listen to your podcast. A lot of people were like, is Maureen here? And I was like, I keep inviting her. Um, but I, I know that you, you, you had many good reasons that you couldn't come. But we're going to get you there <laughs> at some point. But it was really crazy because, like, we like I rant in my basement next to my conspiracy wall, and you are in a dark closet. <laughs> it's so dark in here. It's so a dark. dark, hot closet. And uh, we I forgot my flashlight. It's so dark. We record these things and we put them out, and we do hear back from people, but it's all internet people, right? Like, it's, it's on Twitter at says who podcast or on email, hey at says who podcast.com. Or, uh, you know, it, 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 it was something very different to suddenly be like, wow, you put a thing in your ears, and I and Maureen are suddenly in your ears for an hour. It was, it was actually really quite wonderful. And um, if, you're, if you're listening to this, that's you. We're talking about you. You are we're wonderful. About you. We are talking about you. Uh, thank you for listening. And really, we've gotten some great emails. And it's 
wonderful. We really um, have like these really long, heartfelt emails. It's great, like it because it helps like that. It's not just you feeling like goes both ways. Like we kind of rant and rave in here uh, because again, it, we really do feel like weirdos. Like he really oh, is yeah. in a basement. I really am in a closet. Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we just I, feel like weirdos. I, I just, yeah, now now that's all in my head is the conspiracy boards and the reality of my sitting in a closet full of soundproof tiles <laughs> yelling about Trump. <laughs> Trump! Also, the recording software that we use, we are really all over the place. I think, I think do, do you forgive us as Whovians? As I will insist on calling you. Um, I just, I just fucking insist. Uh, the, the recording equipment, uh, program, shows both of our names and Dan always Dan signs in as Dan Sinker each time I don't get a choice because yeah, I, I set up the I set up the system <laughs> so every time it asks when I get the little link to start recording I have to input a name and um, so I always put in a different name and I feel like I should give a little who who am I this time today <laughs> I am tr- Trump's saggy ass uh <laughs> We recorded earlier, and I was Sean Spicer, but I prefer being Trump's saggy ass. <laughs> now I got to think about Trump's ass, Maureen. I know his ass. There was a picture of him getting oh, on his no. plate this week, and it was, it was the best picture uh. because his his weave was like flying up, and that big and that, he's got his his suit, the ass on his suit. And trust me, I'm not talking like if you your ass should be any size that it is. It's fine. It's just the way his suits are. He for for someone who claims to be very rich, he yeah does not employ a particularly uh, talented tailor. And you that know, just the, that important. impression that he's trying to give of just a suited kind of serious person, but then just the the coat flew up and it was just all saggy, like just yeah. this baggy suit ass. And I have been seeing that baggy suit ass and that weave blowing up and. It's like you, you really saw it all. Like you saw what it was is a saggy ass blowing up weave. Yep. Clown. Total clown. And that melty weirdo, that pile of, of puke that follows him around, Steve Bannon. Whispering. And Sean Spicer, I believe, will eventually just one day eat a microphone and run screaming out oh, of the yeah. room and jump directly into the Potomac. He's one of those little Mr. Angry books. Yeah, but Mr. Angry, I think, is is, is turning into Mr. Crazy because um, there, I think there's only so much weird stuff you can stand in front of a room and spew out before. I don't know. We'll find out. I want to see. I think he'll melt one day. Oh, he will definitely. He will. He will have an aneurysm at the podium, and that will be that. <laughs> They'll hit the ground, and his body will just burst into flames. <laughs> Oh, it's dark laughter here in the closet. Uh, all right. I hope, well, that we... was up, I hope that was uplifting for you guys. Just that was a thank you for writing to us. We have an email. It's hey, I... at sayspoopodcast.com. Did you just say says poo? I think I, I, think I did trip up there. Yeah, it's hey at, at sayswhopodcast.com. Says poo is a totally different site. That is not and, our site. And, <laughs> don't, uh, don't go look at it either. Yeah, don't make it either. Yeah. Uh, and of course on Twitter at says who podcast. 
uh, if you want, like, you can, like, favorite us or something on iTunes. It's always helpful, but, like, That would be whatever. super wonderful. Favorite. It is helpful. Review. It is, it is actually really, really helpful. Um, we also get help from our, uh, our logo. Is designed by Darth. He is at Darth on Twitter. He is still on an extended break. I hope that if you are listening, Darth, you are relaxed and have a wonderful, wonderful extended break. You are Darth, smart to leave. Darth, do what you need to do. Yeah. Uh, our theme music is recorded by Ted Leo, who played a bunch of protests and and benefit shows around the inauguration i'm sure is kicking out in america elsewhere uh it is he is at at ted leo uh and our happy organ music that we opened with is is uh recorded by our in-house organist who we share with the baseball team the boston red sox uh josh Cantor. thank you again for supplying uplifting organ music and uh, if you do know Bill Nye or you just want to talk to me, I'm at Maureen Johnson on Twitter, and I'm usually there, although I have been a little off because of uh, writing a book and then sometimes on just retweeting like a bastard. And if you Everything. have any yarn for my crazy wall or want to talk about your love of the musical movie Frozen, uh, I'm at Dan Sinker at Twitter. Do you want to build a snowman? It, ride our bikes around the halls. That song it destroys me. There's that <laughs> moment where it really does. There's that moment uh, where she's like, It's a good movie. I know you're in there. <laughs> uh, and the sisters. And, oh, God. It's really painful. Where it's is really the man painful. that wrote Mare Emanuel who, who uh, everything was thing. motherfucker this, motherfucker that. Uh, where What's I'm happening like, here? I I am the fucking softest, foul-mouthed person in the world now, Maureen. <laughs> like, it's just that's how that's how Trump's America has changed me. I'm just a giant, quivering beard of emotion. And I am the most foul-mouthed, soft person. Yep. Was that the opposite? No, I think that is exactly me. <laughs> no, did I say the same words? Yes, the exact mm. same words. I thought you said the softest foul mouth, and I said the oh, most... Oh, that could be. Jesus, that... this is rambling. Are people still listening to this? Eh, probably not. Well, I'm Trump Seggy S. And I'm Dan Sinker, and we will see you soon on Says Who. All right. All right. Oh. Woo. All right, I'm going to release my dog. there, huh? Yeah, and I'm almost out of power, so I better... <laughs> Perfect. All right. See you, see ya. Okay, bye.